0: Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hopefully you are staying cool this summer as uh, we start heating up here at the end of the July and early August. We've got a great guest for you today. I saw a recent story and I was taken aback by it. I had to read it twice because it was kind of disturbing and it was titled Poor Student's and Black students are disappearing from Michigan's colleges. And it was written by uh, Matthew Miller, who's a reporter for MLive's statewide team, and he joins us today. Matt, how are you? Doing
1: okay. How are you doing,
0: Tony? I'm doing very well. And I was talking with Matt about it a little earlier. You can follow Matthew Miller at MattMillerMLive on Twitter. And uh, don't be taken aback when you see his picture there, because it is next to the largest head of cabbage I've ever seen in my life. And your wife grew that in her garden. That's impressive. Well, let's talk about this story, Matthew. I want to start out and just give a brief synopsis that Governor Gretchen Whitmer has somewhat reorganized Michigan's education bureaucracy. Talk a
1: little bit about what that means before we lead into your story. Sure. The governor announced the creation of a new department. It's the Michigan Department of Lifelong Education Advancement and Potential. It was created to focus on preschool access and on higher education. This is a bit of a shakeup. Historically, you know, most of the state's education bureaucracy has fallen under the purview of the State Department of Education. There is a state board of education that's elected statewide. A lot of their function is more, I guess, administrative than it is in setting policy. But this still, it feels like it takes pieces of what had been the responsibility of that department and moves them elsewhere. It's still not clear exactly what that's going to look
0: like. And Matt, it sounds in essence like this department is hoping to give students an option of having some type of skill, whether that means going to college or perhaps learning a trade skill or whatever.
1: Yeah, that's been the governor's goal for some years at this point. Michigan has what it calls, it's a 60 by 30 program. The idea is that 60% of the state's adult population should have some sort of credential. Now that can be a trade certificate, that can be an associate degree from a community college, that can be a four-year degree or higher, but just some sort of, you know, post-high school credential. And right now, Michigan's, we lag the rest of the country a bit. We're at uh, roughly 50%, a little bit higher. So talk
0: a little bit about this story. It's titled Poor Students and Black Students Are Disappearing from Michigan's Colleges. What gave you the idea to write this, Matthew?
1: This surprised me. I was talking with folks from Michigan Independent Colleges and Universities, and they're the organization that represents the private colleges and universities in the state. And they had pulled together some data collected by the federal government. And what it showed was this massive drop, particularly in students who are eligible for Pell Grants. Now, the formula for Who gets a Pell Grant is actually pretty complicated. It has to do with, you know, with family size and resources and whatnot, but it correlates more or less with students at the lower end of the income scale and also huge drops in the number of black students over the past decade. And they were looking at the period from 2011 to the fall of 2021. So it does, you know, it kind of it takes Michigan from a time when enrollment was really high after the 2008 recession to a time, you know. During the pandemic, when it's pretty low, and that's, you know, you got to take that into account. I think overall college enrollment fell by about 33% during that time, but it fell a lot faster for poor students and a lot faster for black students. And I think poor students dropped by about 52% over that decade, the number of poor students on college campuses. And that's, a lot of people have reacted to this story by saying, well, you know, good students should be going into the trades anyhow. Except this, because the numbers we're looking at include community colleges, that's where a lot of the trades education in Michigan takes place. So this isn't students saying like, oh, I don't want to go get an English degree, I want to be an electrician instead. By and large, this looks like students just not going to college.
0: Well, I think this story has a lot of credence because it's a 10-year period, which is a good time amount to gather information. And it's done by the Michigan Independent Colleges and universities. So you feel comfortable with the information.
1: What's the main cause for the drop? That's something that nobody seems to have a great answer for. I mean, and I think there are a few different things you can look at. One of the answers that I heard, you know, it's it's a bit speculative, but there has been a narrative that's, you know, repeated more and more often as time goes on, that college just isn't worth it. College isn't worth the cost. You're taking on a lifetime of debt. You're, you know, and what you're going to get back is not going to make that worthwhile. And it's certainly true that college has gotten more expensive relative to, you know, relative to everything else. The increase is actually, I looked at this, the increase in college costs relative to inflation has actually slowed down over the last decade in the in Michigan in particular. In the first decade of the, you know, the sort of 2000 to 2010, it was going up really fast. And there's reasons for that, including cuts in state support, among other things. But in the last decades, that's leveled off a bit you know, it's still pretty expensive. But when you look at how college works out for people on average, you know, and for there are folks at Georgetown University who do good work on this, you know, it's a pretty compelling premium. I think, you know, the value of a bachelor's degree relative to just a high school diploma is about $1.2 million over a lifetime for most people. Now there's going to be differences there. If you major in social work, maybe you're going to make less than, probably you're going to make less than if you study engineering. But on the whole, on average, it's a premium of about $1.2 million over your lifetime, you know, which offsets a lot of debt.
0: We're talking with Matt Miller, a reporter for MLive.com, and his great story titled Poor Students and Black Students Are Disappearing from Michigan Colleges. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that story, specifically how Michigan and Illinois are at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to these numbers. We'll do that next here on Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Matt Miller from MLive.com. And there's an interesting story about how poor and black students are not going to college, not enrolling to college as much as they did more than 10 years ago. I also had a little hope in reading the story, Matt, when in the middle of the story, it talks about how these drops are significant, but not quite as dire as they sell because uh, the overall number of undergraduates in the state has fallen too. Talk a little bit about
1: that. Sure. To be fair, that is something that's worrying the people who lead Michigan colleges and universities, the states, the number of part of it is a demographic shift, the number of college age or traditional college age students in Michigan is just dropping. You know, there are fewer 18 to 22 year olds today than there were 10 years ago or 20 years ago. So some of that's just who the population is. But it's also true that fewer high school graduates are going on to college. You know, you look at about a decade ago, it was roughly two thirds of all high school graduates went to college in within six months. And now and that's not a four year university. That's anything. That's community college, whatever. The last numbers we've got from the fall of 2021, it was closer down around 50 percent. And those drops have been sharpest among poor students and among black students who in both groups, it's about 36, 37 percent who go on to college within six months of high school graduation.
0: I thought the story was also kind of right on target when it talked about as as soon as 2015, more than half of Michigan's economically disadvantaged students enrolled in community college, I did not know this, within six months of high school graduation, according to the data for the graduating class of 2022, that was less than 37%. And you mentioned for Black students, it was 55% in 2015 just over 37% last year. And when talking about this for our state to thrive, Matt, we need smart people and we need our kids to be getting smarter also to lead our state.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the point of a lot of folks have made to me is that the jobs that are coming down the pike, the new jobs that are being created largely needs some sort of training beyond high school. It doesn't all have to be a, you know, an MBA or a four-year degree, but some sort of education after high school graduation. And now clearly we're in an economy right now where a lot of businesses are hurting for workers. You know, they're kind of pushing aside some of the requirements they might have had a few years ago. They're hiring more people with less education. But historically what we see is that the most educated People aren't harmed as much by, you know, by kind of the ups and downs of the economy. They're less likely to be unemployed during bad times, more likely to earn more. They just they have a kind of stability that, you know, would I think the people I talk to expect that that's not going to change going forward, despite a, a worker friendly job market right now.
0: Matt, in the story you talk about the fear of failure, that really got me to thinking about people who grew up like me in a single parent home. We didn't have a lot of money if it wasn't for the tough mom I had and some coaches, you know, who knows what would have happened to me. But there was always that fear of failure in my mind because I just didn't have that solid ground. Talk a little bit about the fear of failure, especially for one of the students you talk with.
1: Sure. And that was the woman who said that to me as a young woman who grew up in a poor family, was taking her second try at Mont Community College in Flint just because, you know, she told me that the first time she went, she's, you know, she's picking online grocery orders full-time at Walmart while trying to attend classes. And it was just too much for her. But that she wants to be able to do something with her life beyond working at Walmart. I think it's not wrong for I mean, it makes a lot of sense that students who come from poor families are worried about the risk that they're taking going to college. Historically, they just have it's harder. They have more responsibility if, you know, they don't necessarily have someone who can, you know, who can cover their costs in emergencies. A lot of times those students are sending money home to their own families. They may have seen people in their neighborhoods or communities who have gone off to college, dropped out, and ended up with nothing but a lot of student loans that they have to pay back without the credential that lets them earn more money. So, being nervous about it is absolutely understandable. It is a bigger risk. At the same time, I think what's out there, there's a lot more money out there for low income students than people might know. Like, if your parents didn't go to college, if you don't have people around you who can say, this is the money that's going to be available for you. And it's not all like apply for this competitive scholarship here. A lot of it is institutions that have financial aid for low-income students. I will give you some numbers that were compelling and also surprising to me. So Michigan State, a full year total cost of attendance for tuition, fees, books, room and board is about $30,000 for an in-state student who doesn't get any financial aid. The average cost, and this is a number that universities have to report to the federal government, the average cost for an in-state student from a family that makes less than $30,000 is $129 a year for Michigan State University. And that's because of financial aid. That's because of federal Pell Grants. That's because of institutional aid. That's because of all sorts of other things. Now, this is the state's, well, one of the state's recent efforts to make college going more attractive is the Michigan Achievement Scholarship. It's a scholarship that pays, I think, up to $5,500 for a public university in Michigan. And it's set up in such a way that most students are going to qualify for it. I think the absolute wealthiest will not, but the vast majority of Michigan students will have access to that. And I think the state is pinning some hopes on if you can say, you know, $5,500 is a decent amount of money, it's going to reduce your overall cost by 22,000 over four years. They're kind of hoping people are going to find that compelling.
0: We're talking with Matt Miller from MLive.com uh, about his recent story that black students and poor students are not enrolling in colleges as much as they used to. We're going to talk a little bit more about is college worth it? We'll do that next on Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Matt Miller from MLive.com. Matt, you talked a little bit about it. Is college worth it? You know, it got me to thinking about a story. A couple of fraternity brothers of mine recently told me how when they first went to college, they got into this program and not really thinking about what they wanted to do. And then they read something and they asked their teacher, when I get this degree, when I get out of here, is it true that I'm basically going to be making just a little bit more than minimum wage? And the teacher says, "Yeah, that's starting out. That's what it's going to be like." And they both told me they really didn't sit back and think, "Okay, what degree am I going to get? How much is it going to cost me to get that? And where is it going to lead me uh, in a professional career?" And I wonder if that's if other people have that same challenge, maybe not thinking about that enough.
1: My best sense is that a lot of students do approach college as, I mean, you know, they might take time in college to study things that interest them, but most students want to have a sense of, you know, what am I going to be able to do to make money on the other end of that? And the good news for that is that on average, across the board, college the vast majority of the time you will make more money with more education. It's a really strong association. You know, there's the average person who goes to high school, graduates and does nothing else in school ever will make about $1.6 million over their lifetime. The average person with a master's degree will make twice that. The average person with a professional degree, you know, a law degree, and MBA will make three times that that ends up being, it's a pretty substantial premium. Now, clearly it varies a lot depending what you care to study. I thought a
0: part of the story was almost devastating. It will be for them unless they can find a solution. You write how Wayne County Community College, the district is hemorrhaging students, dropping from more than 20,000 to less than 13,000 over a decade two-thirds of those students are Black that attend Wayne County Community College. That's got to make uh, colleges, universities, and community colleges a little nervous.
1: Community colleges respond more to the economy than four-year schools. A lot of the students who are going to community college, what they want is a job. They want an education, but they want an education that leads to a job. And so when the economy is good and they can make you know, 15 or $20 an hour without finishing their degree, they will leave school and go do that. And when the economy is bad, people pour back into community colleges to get more training in the hopes of getting another job. So part of what you're seeing at Wayne County Community College is that it's that, you know, community colleges are countercyclical when the economy is pretty, and the economy's generally improved over the last decade. But yeah, it is, Absolutely a concern. I mean, Black students in particular have been wildly underrepresented at Michigan colleges and universities for, you know, just in general, you know, forever, basically. And, you know, the four-year schools have not managed to make much of a dent in that. And so the fact that, you know, the number of Black students enrolling in colleges dropping doesn't strike me as good news for inequality in the state. So, Matt, what are the
0: solutions to get poor and Black students maybe back into college? What's
1: being discussed? I talked already about the scholarship program. One interesting thing that a researcher from the Upjohn Institute in Kalamazoo told me was that she believes that part of the reason that enrollment among poor students and Black students as well dropped during the pandemic was that so many schools were online. They were out of the classroom. And for kids who are first generation in college, whose parents might not know a lot about college going, it's really important for them to have people around them who can show them the value of college, who can kind of walk them through the process of applying, who can help them understand what kind of financial aid is out there and just help them understand why it might make sense to them. You need to, in a lot of ways, approach students on a very individual level. The president of Henry Ford College in Dearborn told me that he's taken to, he goes to high schools now. He goes himself in person so that he can talk to students about why college might make sense for them because that personal approach seems to yield results. And that Henry Ford is actually one of the colleges that hasn't lost poor students in the way that the state as a whole has.
0: Final question for you, Matt. Do you think we in the media, and let's set aside Live and yourself, Do you think we in the
1: media cover
0: education and stories like this enough?
1: You know, I think one thing that's happened over the years is that, you know, people in the media wanted to talk about the burdens of student debt. And that's, of course, that's a very real thing for a lot of people. But a lot of the stories started with these really extreme cases. Someone who borrowed $120,000 to go get a marketing degree at a small private college, and that's not the reality for the vast majority of students. I think I haven't seen the most recent numbers, but as of you know a couple few years ago, I think maybe sixty percent of the students who graduated from college in Michigan had any debt at all. About forty percent had nothing, and among the ones who had debt, the average debt burden was you know 29000 dollars, something like that. So that's I mean it's a substantial amount of money, you know. But if you said, oh this Twenty-two-year-old borrowed twenty-nine thousand dollars to buy a new car. People might just shrug and say, "Oh, well, I guess they'll be paying for that." But twenty-nine thousand dollars to get a four-year education that will increase their earning potential—you know—can draw a harsher reaction.
0: We've been talking with Matthew Miller, who's a senior reporter for M statewide team. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Miller M Live. Matt, as always, I appreciate your time so much, sir. Thank you very much, Tony. Thank you. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business, and you've been listening to the Michigan Business Network.